0: Welcome everyone to Fitness in Relations. This is episode two. Uh, Today our uh, topic is uh, broadly named uh, sex and gender language, dot dot dot, and of course as it applies to fitness. Um, And I, I didn't know if I should front end it with fitness and sex and gender language, but I think sex and gender language should be in front. Uh, my name is James and I'm here with, uh, my co-host, uh, Melissa, Melissa G would have been an awesome rap name back in the nineties. It was there a Melissa G there had to be a Melissa G
1: there should have been.
0: Oh, there was guaranteed. (laughs) Uh, anyways, uh, you got any rhymes for us today or, uh, any, uh, any, you know, updates that are not what we talked about off, off topic.
1: I would have been a terrible rapper.
0: I know that for sure. That that that's the update. Yeah, I actually thought I talked to my daughter about this on the way to school this morning. I was like Chloe, when when you imagine this, of course, I assumed that she imagined these things too. But she smirked, so I know she did because um, we have similar ilks. But I was like, we were listening to Kanye's. Um, it's a whole separate story too. Why Kanye West is all of a sudden showing up in all of our? Anyways, side note. <laughs> um so we're listening to that this morning and and she was like rapping some of the lines like she knew some of the lines like the da, 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 you know and I was like when you imagine as when you're rapping do you imagine like being in the audience like dancing and like moving you know being creative or do you imagine yourself like on stage and like making the crowd move and she was like uh I'm not really I don't really dance to that stuff but I could certainly hold the rhyme and I was like well, how about if you were like Taylor Swift, right? And you're belting this tune, where do you see yourself? She's like, oh, definitely on stage with like 100,000 people, you know? And I was like, that that's me. Like every time I think about um, that uh, cre- cre- creative imagination, where do you see yourself, Melissa? Or do you Are you on stage like making the crowd move or?
1: It's so funny how like when you say Taylor, it's like you want to be on stage. Right, I like guess it's Well, a I'm trying to create that. an
0: avatar, right, of like yeah. the, you know, being up there, et cetera. So, where yeah. would you sit? Are you that, like, I don't know. I, for me, I was just, uh, <laughs> I was, Are I was like, I, I just imagine Rabbit like being the guitar, be... like me, you know, Eddie Van Halen when I was younger. It was like, how cool would that be to like make the entire stadium move based upon your instrument? You know,
1: because I was the generation of when Guitar Hero first came out. Mm. so like that was it that was like your first time that like you could actually like pretend you were like playing an um, instrument in front of a big audience and- that's a
0: fascinating it brought to life all the things yeah. that i probably like wanted to do right it gave you an option of that middle ground of that so you still didn't answer the question where are you are you in the crowd dancing or are you up on stage
1: I think no, I'm in the crowd dancing.
0: Don't repress. That, don't repress I, that. I, like, I want to be. I'm
1: actually. In I'm. I'm in the crowd dancing, unless it's again, uh, like Kanye West. I. I don't know what. I, I don't think I'd want to be. I've been to a couple of rap shows, and it's just kind of like awkward again. You're not really dancing. You're just kind of like yeah. popping I around. Should,
0: yeah, that's another difficult one because there's so many. Um, we'll just use Kanye West songs that yeah it, it airs on the side Is like is that pop music to dance to or is that rap so i i should have qualified that i shouldn't have categorized rap being that because there certainly is some great tunes that would fit in that area that are like i jive to and i could like dance you know non-stop ironically kanye has a lot of tunes that are like really great beats to do that to. but i get what you're saying but you still uh you're still working around the answer to the question. I'm not sure what the... I said I'm in the state.
1: Is. I'm in the audience.
0: You're in the audience. Awesome. i in the
1: audience. I want to dance to the music.
0: Cool. Well, we'll allow our audience members to determine if that's a psychological profile um, of individuals. Uh, and perhaps, let's uh, segue this, perhaps it's a sexual characteristic. Hmm. You know? I uh, have mm. to think about that one. Uh, as opposed to like a sword, you know, people can connect the dots on that one, right? Me holding the guitar out in front, you know, (laughs) you can connect the dots. I'm not sure, but I'm just saying that, uh, I wanted to be up on stage making the crowd move. And I don't know if that's connected to, uh, to my male ness. I'm not sure. But anyways, so, uh, what's your initial thoughts on, uh, how sex and gender and the language and how it applies to fitness? If you could like wipe your mind clean of everything and just you know think about that what's your what's your immediate thoughts on that as to how it applies to fitness for sex and gender language
1: my immediate is there is usually a positive or a negative connotation regarding what genders apply to do um,
0: you think that's just today Maybe. Yes, we don't know. I mean, I can, right? tell, you, I I can like, tell you in the nineties, it wasn't.
1: I feel like when we always go back to, um, like, in today's generation, trying to reclaim femininity as a positive, right, versus it being like a weaker, to 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 be soft is weak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that may be a more new generational thing than potentially it was in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Um, or I'd say even just historically, right, where we had like like femininity used to be i think a more positive attribute than it is today mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the sense of right to be a stay at home mom is kind of a lesser than career choice to play like a girl is to play weaker than or not as good as a male um i, just yeah, I agree with awesome you i agree
0: with you CJ. that's gone yeah yeah i agree with you that that's gone and uh in the 90s i would just speak to it just slowly here or a tiny bit that i agree with you that at that time, it was kind of like the the society figuring out this thing of, and we're talking about sex more so here, not the conversation will open up a little bit more in terms of the difference between the language of sex versus the language of gender and where that comes from and et cetera. But yeah, it was, it was mainly the, let's call it the back end, right? Of the 20 or 30 year march past the past, let's call it a civil right conversation, Roe versus Wade you know, things, things that brought the conversation to, to definitely, you know, being stuck in. I think it was, it was, it was that to your point that it was just like, no, I mean, uh, you know, title nine ideas and, and bringing every, you know, everyone's allowed to do these things and have, let's call it equal, um, equal accessibility to this practice. Right. And I think today, yeah, it's, uh, I would agree with you that, uh, it's not as much in the like that's not the conversation anymore, if anything, there's probably over corrections or under corrections or like a a diverse which brings us to the point today that diversity went from the sex conversation to a gender conversation, and regardless you know as i I'm always one to recognize that regardless I don't care what anyone thinks, you just gotta be able to mesh with that new language right so i uh yeah, I agree with you on that. Any more insights into uh, how it may matter uh, to fitness beyond your your original point there? Why it would matter to fitness, sex and gender language? I
1: mean, it depends on which where we're looking at. It. If we're looking at like more in like the fitness aspect is sport or again, like in a home dynamic or things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it could, in a lot of ways, dampen a person from maybe the potentially doing the things they like to do because of now the, the connotation or language associated with it. Right. Yeah. Like I would think of um, sometimes some of the things within a home that yeah. like a girl may enjoy doing, she might not want to do anymore because yeah. we put a negative connotation around those types of tasks, whether that be cooking or like creativity. Um, I think a lot of like art, like the arts and creativity. Yeah. That's like the now.
0: overcorrection, right. We've overcorrected oh. to the point. is like, Oh, should you be cautious of making eggs in the morning time and seeing that that could be movie, like be like, Oh, hands off. Don't do that because of X, you know? Uh, yeah. Like yeah, we've see over that.
1: Um, yeah. Overcorrected, right. Where it's like to be in the kitchen, like we're claiming that's a woman's duty and that's a negative thing now. So now we don't cook our own food because that's something that says that, you know, you should be out. It's e is a better thing to go be on the run and be that doing everything woman that gets her breakfast at Starbucks on the way out. Cause we've glorified that lifestyle over yeah. taking the time to be home, to prepare food and the beauty of those things.
0: Yeah. So to your, what your language is great is that there's context to, to it. Like, are we talking about giving recommendations, you know, to a female and how she's going to perceive how she lives her life within fitness, you know, um and you said in there too yeah the the other la- the other lane of, of are, are all talk- are we talking sport you know cuz i think i think that one yeah i don't think the i don't think the jury is out re- regards to how we speak about that today but it is in my opinion a little bit more of an answered question but i think your point on the uh the perceptions of it are are certainly there perceptions of like uh Am I succumbing to this, you know, uh, characteristic lifestyle that I'm supposed to lead because I'm doing this? And uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's, uh, I think that's there. Now, how, how that applies to fitness, in case people are not connecting the dots there, we are professionals who make recommendations to people based upon this, right? Like We feel it's important that people, regardless of their sex, have the skills to be able to self-nurture. Right, regardless of your skills, um, we we believe that people are free movers, right? Uh, meaning, and, and this maybe you know you you have a differing of opinion for that, but how I see fitness, I've said that to you before. I didn't see any like tr- you know jerks on you when I used to say, but fitness is sex and and uh, belief and race free. Right? it's free of all those things, right when when we as fitness professionals, and this is how we tie it in, when we as fitness pro- professionals see individuals that are interested in moving their body and becoming better as a human, that's all we see. We see them as a human, right And we quote unquote, signed the contracts indirectly that said this is how we're going to approach this thing. we can't we can't see anything beyond, let's call it just a voice and a mind, right, you know, as to how they Present to us now. When it comes to habits or preferences or perceptions, this is an area that you and I—I'm not sure—I can get your thoughts on that. I don't know if we really have much power to like to coerce or persuade or change beyond that. You know, what I'm saying like if we're we're saying, listen, it's, it's open. It's all you know. I don't care what you present. I don't really care what you come in here with, uh, but. Do you do you ever have any do you have any have any kickbacks or uh, pushback from people that are like no 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 I I think it's really important that you see me presenting as this am I making sense there in terms of inside yeah. fitness like because I'll I'll say it a different way Melissa if you're not getting that there um, okay, so okay. we're we're saying this listen I don't care I don't care you know I I love you no matter what I don't care but is there an opportunity or an example you could give Melissa that is saying mm-hmm. no i did get from back from someone that that I, I i perceive myself this way and i want to be identified in this way specifically right in a in in how we're seeing it a more of a narrow view and maybe you've been like hmm interesting maybe we should see it that way in some cases am i making sense there yeah, the first thing right. that i think about is is the major differences between outcomes for males and females for health Right. Like I can't, you know what I'm saying? The work around that one. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying there?
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of if I've ever had an example of that, right. Or a time in our gym where that's ever come up. And no, I'd say the only two scenarios where that's even like, I can kind of resonate with those ones. is like, I do currently have two trans clients and that's been the only time where it's not been a, like that's come into play, but it's more of a struggle of like transitioning from male to female. Yeah. and and that's that has been a little difficult on expectations of themselves sometimes Mm -hmm. right where it's like i identify as this but i'm still not like it's a struggle but just like the the changes in body right not being able to do some of the strength things that they once did because both of these people transitioned Mm. um you know in their mid 30s Mm. so right so it's like now as we that's the only time there's been some like you know, a little bit of struggle within fitness. And it's largely just because yeah. an attachment to previous abilities, mm. and now not being able to do those things. Yeah, and that struggle. But other than that, I've never had um, anything like that come up when it comes to expression of fitness.
0: Yeah, I'm so great. You gave context to that. And those I did not know this, by the way, so I wasn't fishing for that, just in case anyone knows back room, but I think it's so it's great, actually, though, that You could speak to that because here's the tension, right? It's not that it's the tension outside of the room between you and that person, right? Or you and those two people is what I mean here. It's like, well, on the outside of the room, others may look in and say that as to say like, well, it doesn't matter in fitness, right? It doesn't matter, you know, what you what you want to do or how you're perceiving yourself with regards to sex. It doesn't matter. But then inside the room, it's like, well, in this particular situation, it does matter, And in this case, I would make an assumption that along with the changes with regards to identity, you know, there does come biological things that are now that have to be, let's call it amended for for the for the rest of their life. Right. And you as the fitness coach, you know, (laughs) you know, just underneath our oaths, you can't do anything about that. It's like, again, it's regardless of your beliefs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, what does matter though is that you may have to become competent enough, you know, if it's possible. And me, as I'm even saying it out loud, I'm sh- there's like, gosh, there's there's um there's like 50 years of work to be done really as to how to like contend with that, if I'm making sense. Because you're you're asking like a big ask of that biological system, right? For a male at 30 years of age to go to female, and I can just assume. I make an assumption here for these two people apologize if it's, if it's taken the wrong way, but it's more than just uh clothing, right? There's some, there's some biological things deep down that you have to deal with, with medications and, and uh, perceptions and uh, like living a new life now for a number of years, you know, as identified and perceived as a different, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's like a lot that's going on there. So
1: I mean, that's where I'm matter. imagine in an avatar that you have a six foot two, blonde Mormon that now is transitioned, right? Into male or female? Male, male to female.
0: Yep.
1: And um, there's already a, a decent amount of lean mass coming from playing football and, and growing up in weight training specifically for the sport of football and now wanting to see themselves differently, right? Perception. How yep. do you perceive yourself and how – how do we like do that now in fitness when you are trying to create a different body type that may not be possible at this
0: point? Yeah. So how are you contending with that?
1: A lot of conversation and dialogue, right? And what does fitness come down to and what actually do they enjoy about it? And actually like over time unpacking that. And it's like this person just really enjoys the freedom, freedom of being able to feel good enough to go run and right, what did they enjoy about sport growing up that they still want to be able to do? Right. Yeah. And it was, yeah. fitness was freedom. It was an escape from a lot of things. Mm. Being able to go out the door and run and clear their head was something that got them through a lot of things. Yeah. So just coming back to is it really about how we look aesthetically or is it about what movement of our body does for us?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so, that's so, I'm actually, I'm quite envious actually that uh, I was born in the wrong time that I don't, uh, I would love to be in the trenches right now uh, for a lot of the situations. Um, Here's something that's a dilemma. Um, Where do you think the fitness coach sits in um, to a 12-year-old prepubescent male that wants to make those changes relative to a 32-year-old male that has already or wants to make those changes? I know that's uncomfortable. but
1: uh... No, actually, I do have a client that... I worked with at that age, and now was probably seventeen or eighteen, and now identifies um, as a female. hasn't done any changes, but um, just identify differently now. Okay, and I think it really came down to still just building confidence within movement. I think regardless of if it's a boy or a girl, and they're in adolescence, yeah, what I'm. So the approach that- was
0: still there with regards the to fitness. Was the
1: same thing because I saw of- you as a
0: human doesn't really I mean, matter, I mean, and but the context was different there though, right? That that there was no actual physical uh constraints or changes that were made right either through hormones or physical changes that resulted in that new you know cuz the it, it it seems like a simple answer out there right for everyone um especially in the and I do want to come back to the, actually the percentages that coaches are going to be met with these kind of things I, I i i will i will guess at that percentage down the road here but uh, it's it's outside of this because it actually is real. Like it's not like your relationship with that young client or that 32 year old actually didn't exist. So if it does, then, you know, I don't, I don't mind discussing it, but you see, that's where it becomes challenging for the fitness coach to say, because it back to my point out there, there's this, it seems like a seemingly simple answer. It's like, Oh, just wait it out until you're fully, fully done your reproductive um, cycle. And then, you know, as if, you know, the skies are going to open up and shit's going to happen. I do think that the brain, you know, still doesn't finish changing until it's like 26 years of age on average for most people. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I could see how the fitness coach may want to ask the question that I asked, which is what do we have as our responsibility as a fitness coach in regards to conversation for someone who m- wants to make the critical, the critical change, right? not the not the perceptual change in the mind alone, but the critical change right um and I don't know if that any thoughts on like how prevalent that would be today, or you know do you think the coach should be just like listen, just treat them as a as a person who just wants to be uh physically fit, et cetera <laughs> thoughts on that
1: I mean, I think if we go back to it, I, I would still say like that is for the fitness coach, especially when it comes to our system, it's like if I assess someone and I look at it again what the priorities are those are going to stay the same regardless of you're male or female when we started program design right it's what are the priorities for you
0: oh so um, you think asking the priorities is the base human like yeah, yeah. because
1: it's it's the same thing i always say when we go back into just even like a new nu- nutrients right it's the way you make it resonate with someone for a female i might be able to draw why certain nutrients matter around having a better cycle but we all need those same nutrients right? I, I, that's how I always go back to It's like yep. vitamins are good for everyone. Yeah. Move your...
0: daily, eat real food. <laughs> learn food Because yeah.
1: you need, you need nutrients to your food the same way I do. Yeah. I can package them differently to make them appealing to you as a male versus a female. This is good yeah. for your sperm versus this is good for me, but yeah. we both need vitamins. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to movement, we both need to move.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I wanted to make it, uh, and I'm not sure what I'm trying to draw from you. I don't know if it's unfair to try to draw it from you, but I, maybe you would see what's out there. Um, you know, maybe I'll just say, if I was in the trenches today, I think that at at a prepubescent male who says, though, that this is my perception. And, there, they're, you know, I've had a lot of young people that have disclosed a lot of, um, let's call it heavy stuff, you know, <laughs> uh for that that really has never left my mind or my office, you know up in up in calgary um and as we know, we could always argue well, what is heavy, et cetera, you know well, maybe this topic today is heavy and i I actually think though, Melissa, that if that topic was breached across the desk um as opposed to your other example, I think I would. I think I would do more than just say move every day, eat real food, and learn and adapt.
1: But I, I'd say I'd start there because most ones we're getting. Um, I'd say how we feel in our body, whether it's good or positive, how we think mentally. If we're not eating well and we're not moving, we have no confidence in our body, right? Mm. Like. That, You're hoping that, may, that the tie-in getting, will just create more this,
0: mental awareness and mental acuity. Some of
1: those things may change mental acuity. They may change how that person person shows up and feels in their body.
0: Yeah. So right? we're still indirectly saying, listen, wait the on the surgery and, and change, the hormones.
1: Yes, this desire to want to change who we are sexually. I'm not saying that this is the case for everyone, but may maybe that conversation shifts in six months to a year when that person grows into themselves and they're thinking clearly because now they're eating whole foods versus just processed foods, right? They've gone from being completely sedentary in a house on their computer to moving and and coming into themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think then it's like, then we can start having those conversations of now that we actually have awareness of what it feels like to feel good. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The impact of doing all these other changes. If we go into actually using medication or surgery to change ourselves.
0: Yeah. 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 So we're saying the same thing. It's, um, and again, I, I give that kudos to you for being in that trenches today in a different, you know, although it's only 10 years, it's a significantly different culture and society than what it was 10 years ago, or even when, uh, when I was in, in the nineties, like I could use the principles that, that I had in the early aughts, right. With those individuals, but, um, Yeah. So anyways, I'm just saying it out loud. So maybe other coaches or anyone listening in could say that, you know what, uh, the conversation is still important. You still want to build a great relationship and trust with that young individual. You still want to approach it with a uh, move every day, eat real food and learn and adapt. Right. Um, And and I think what we were just deciding there was, and tell me if I'm wrong, was that, no, you're not just going to stop at that you're gonna hope that that collection of those three things, right? Of consistency and real, real food and learning and adapting, right? Learning and adapting is going to, is not going to quote unquote stop the differences in perception you may have of yourself right now, but it's certainly gonna open your eyes, right? Open your eyes to as much as possible, right? I think that that, I think it's a hope strategy and I think it's a positive one, I'll be honest, right? But I'll also be honest in saying, I think there's a lot of energy to speed of making things happen critically a lot faster today for that 12 year old. If you're hearing me, like there's a lot of pressures, right? Yeah. Um, But still it just still doesn't discount the fact that you as a fitness coach, in my opinion, and telling all the coaches out there that, uh, I would say a waiting strategy with increased mental acuity and increased mental awareness is going to be the best strategy. On the fitness coach's perspective, your thoughts?
1: One hundred percent. I, I mean, that would be, you know, my goal with any team that came in in that situation was, how can we actually then again use this as a place for learning and, and growth and yeah. maybe shift. Not, I would never tell someone to put off put that off if that's what they truly want to do, but if I can show them again. This is a place where we can learn and explore and grow and find different things that you do love about yourself and your body yeah. until we get to a certain age and then also bring the conversation of why we would want to wait till we're slightly older. I think that's it. I think that conversation is probably the most missing one. Yeah. It's actually a safe space for that person to simply learn again what's going on inside of their body and yeah. why it might be for their benefit if they want to do that to wait until they're older.
0: Yeah, that's a very, uh, it's in a very adult <laughs> way of looking at things, <laughs> which is, um, uh, anyways, it's, it's refreshing, um, uh, for me to hear, um, as again, you know, to reflect back, I'm not, I'm not having that conversation all the time with coaches or having that with individuals. Um, you know, any thoughts on the percentage aspect of it? Like, uh, would you agree that the percentages of that actually occurring, uh, right now for the, for the first avatar, you know, is still a fairly low percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you agree, would you say that the, you know, we should expect a higher percentage at the second avatar? I do. A higher, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, um, let's give you an example, you know, which we've discussed on Jim's calls before, uh, people's sexual preferences have been varied for million years, right? Million years. Um, but there's been normative you know, occurrences in how those sexual preferences play out between man and woman at, 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 you know, unbelievably high percentages, right? Well, and and let me tell you, it's not not 50-50. It's uh, 88 to 95, depending upon what you research. That's the norm of a male and female and the preferences of the opposite of that, okay? Now, these people may still hold different views in terms of sex, gender, language, etc., but uh, but over the past twenty thirty years, the conversation, especially of perception and that I call it like that, that cracking of the language between sex and gender, and also on top of now uh, uh, technology and information process, et cetera, et cetera, and you know, I I throw in narcissism inside of that. It's an uglier word, but it actually is in the it's inside there now. You now have possibly, and this is the question I'm asking, a higher percentage of individuals of the 12 year old today, right, that would ask that question, as opposed to many, many years ago. Would you? What would you say on that? In the percentage differences, or are we both just stabbing at, at a number possibly? Because I mean, I could, I could back up that. You know the perception research that they got. Remember, we we did this on the OPEX gyms call of people who. Uh, remember, we talked about that the surveys that were drawn from like fifteen thousand students, right? And yeah. uh, their perception and language around gender and sex, et cetera. And remember, my point was, yeah, but that question wasn't asked thirty years ago. So how would you know? How would you know if there if there was a major yeah. difference, right? Like the common the common trope, right, for everyone who also uses words like sexual grooming and you know uh you know medicating and and surgery creating surgeries to kids the same language used inside of there um are individuals that never asked these questions 30 years ago why because the language wasn't there so we're all forgetting that if you give now you know let's call it a 12 year old well there's seven options what do you choose what do you think a 12 year old is gonna do they're like ah fuck it what did, what do people say today <laughs> what i mean when I was 12 I couldn't tell my left from my right foot right um, So, anyways, I think that's it. On the yeah. percentage could be different today. Like, is it a real difference, or actually, is it just perceptions are different now because of choice and options? And
1: I think perception because of choice and option. Yeah, maybe. I don't think anything changed there. I think it's just again, yeah. uh, what is what is normal today is slightly different, right? Again, yeah. like, maybe answering that question based off the friend population you're a part of at the time.
0: Yeah, and again, I hope.
1: I'd say the true percentages probably are not much more different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would uh, I think I think that that, you know, the percentage, the effect size and these biological constraints, would you agree that that's really where the tension lies today? Yeah. Meaning like, you know, the, what I mean by that is that uh, there's you just spoke of it earlier, right? Of like the I'll say it differently, but the female that's scared to like makes eggs in the morning because she may be fearful that that's a patriarchal concept of them. Learning how to self-nurture. It's like, well, no, no, we didn't say that whatsoever. So where did that idea come from? Oh, well, it's in society, right? And so, but that is a real statement, right? That is actually a true statement. It is there, right? It is there, and it is present. So to my point, you know, we we just have to recognize the tensions that lie there. And I can tell you what you don't do is, as a fitness coach, you give off these signals of overcorrecting to the opposite way right you don't you don't give off that you don't say oh we're we're anti medication we're anti sex grooming we're anti uh whatever you know you may want to say um at the same time recognizing you can't go full force in overcorrection of the opposite side with your language you know any thoughts on that in regards to optics for your business and you as a coach as to what you could say to attract as many people that you truly want to take care of and love and accept them for who they are and what they want to be right and you don't want to you don't you know what i'm saying i, mean, you I, I you think
1: there. that's it is for us it's like how can i better equip clients to ask deeper better questions other doctors so we are not and to, what right so we're not, yeah, not saying
0: about how to get them as opposed has, to like
1: but i think that's it right is like if we go into the thing that we are anti-medication we are anti this and that it's like no, I'm not anti I'm not I'm actually not anti medication. It's I want you to how do we better ask questions so that when you walk into that doctor's office you are fully equipped to know what you're putting yourself into. Yeah. It's and that's is critical thinking. Yeah. It's, we are a place where we're open to everything. We just want to have the conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I hope uh um people picked up on that because I think there's just a, a deeper energy now that's moving towards, well you got to you got to say something vitriolic or you got to say something that's really offline in order to stick your neck out and so coaches may be like oh how can i be unique i know how i'll be unique um i'll use the word groomer and i'll say that i'm not a groomer right oh now i've now i've got a high percentage of people right cuz there is a high percentage of people like yeah i like that i want to be a part of your fitness program and i think the code inside of all fitness should should be not on either side. It's like, you know, you just, you just have to be able to say, we're open to all, fitness is free. And I just want to tell you that there are some things inside of it that we all hold that are similar to one another, which is move every day, eat real food and learn and adapt. Knowing, well, like I, you and I know, that that'll help people, you know?
1: I think that's it, right? So it's like, who do I serve? I serve people. So... You know, it's like, am I the coach that has a whole roster of trans clients? No, but if I have a trans client, I'm going to serve them the same way I would anyone else. Yeah. Because I have the skill set to do it. Yeah. Right. And I think that maybe that person might think that now they need to find a special yeah. coach. That that's can the work. point. That's it, right? I that's end the up with point. these two clients because it was like, well, I can't find anyone that knows. Where are
0: they going to get it? Otherwise, like, that's what I'm saying. You you don't need <laughs> You don't need a tri- like a it's regardless interview. of what you're doing, what you think about it. No one, no one fucking cares. <laughs> no one cares regardless. So don't post about it or don't, you know, you can become educated by all means. I mean, I could give you a plethora of education, but where are they? You got to, you got to think how you got to think of this person. This is how I would approach it as uncomfortable as it is. Right? Those people that you just think about a person that you really dislike, right? You got to still recognize there's a human there. Right, so you got to say, what do you owe fitness? What you owe fitness is that that person can change and there may be no spot out there for them and you may be the only person, right? I say this all the time um, because it has happened. You can change someone's perspective with language for in 15 seconds. I've seen people change in front of me in 15 seconds. If I did not see that happen numerous times, I would have never recognized how grateful I am that they actually came in front of me, right? But then I could look back and say, now, why did they come in front of me? Now it becomes very meta, right? It's like, well, it, I must have created an open space to have that conversation and given off this sense of trust and et cetera. Anyways, I'm hoping coaches could pick up on that of what you said, because they may not get it anywhere else. And so you have to be sure your optics is, not overcorrected for either side, regardless of your belief. Because remember, you signed up to say that it's belief race, sex free. Like it, it, it's, it doesn't and, matter.
1: And I'd say that's where the flag that's like putting your flag down has been, I think a topic currently with women's rights and abortions. And yes. those, things, because at the end of the day, I'm a fitness coach and there may be a reason why that may happen in one of my clients journey. And I need to be able to support them throughout all that, regardless of feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that is a very, I think a a very real life one for today is where does that person go? Because I know we're not getting the information from our doctor. Say you have one by choice or you have one because it was necessary. How do we heal, recover and make sure that we can still go back into who we were before feeling good. Um, when your doctor isn't giving you any information on what that process looks like afterwards.
0: Yeah, that's a great parallel story. Uh, probably, probably just as quote unquote, challenging in the mind today. Um, and, uh, I'm going to, uh, I just took a note on it. It's another avenue. It was a great example of the challenge of that to your point, just to relay that back. Uh, so everyone's listening can understand it. It's another area where it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. What does matter is that you're accepting of who you have in front of you and you're willing, though, you're willing to nudge, right? It's not mediocre concepts of coaching. You are willing to nudge to say things like increasing competence of what does reproductive health mean? What does being radiant as a 65-year-old female mean, right? What does having a family mean? What does having the ability to have a family mean, right? What does sexual mating mean? What does self-confidence mean? Well, you know so th- these are the, the, that's a similar conversation you know so i'm i'm glad you brought it up but i am going to push it to the side for today to say that we will come back to this one particularly in a different lane to talk about what we'll call it melissa uh reproductive health and the conversation of that because i think we we do want to sneak that one back into the conversation um because i think it's a i think it's a healthy one so i appreciate that as a parallel uh example there that does certainly uh drive the principals home you know so i appreciate that that was really good um i did have something to mention based upon some competency in education Uh, first i'll ask your perspective on why do you think uh why do you think though that that uh, that it does why do you think that that uh, it does matter today Why do you think that the sex and gender, uh, differences in those two particular things matter? Why do you think it does matter in fitness today? Um, yeah, I just see, I just see it. I just just see it in the fitness world today. It's, uh, and I just want to, I, I think I know why, but I just want to be sure that, uh, I may be on just from my perceptions of it. Um, of why, let's say, say outside of your doors and our kind of beliefs, right? It it actually does matter that you, that you front end that to say, no, no, no. The, the conversation of this does matter.
1: The conversation of language.
0: Uh, Well, language and sex and gender, like it, you know, I, you know, ex- indirectly they put on their front door, Hey, sex and gender does matter to us in our gym. So why do you think that is the case today?
1: I don't know. I don't know. what you're, uh, you tell me what you're looking for here?
0: Yeah, office. I can give you an example. Why would some large fitness companies that have 10,000 facilities in the U S mm-hmm. um, you know, have paperwork that comes down from the head office down to all the gyms that say that you must be inclusive of all sexual preferences and characteristics inside your gym. So you actually have to quote unquote fly a flag you know, and, and, you know, everyone can take that to whatever they want, but I mean, actually the, the uh, mythological concept of fly a flag, right. In order to attract, you know, in order to say, hey, 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 you know, uh, this is important in here. This language is, it's really important. We're woke, we're woke or whatever the word is that you want to use. And I, I shouldn't use that one. That's, that's unfair. But so, so, Hey, come on in. So are are you, are you, uh, you got you got a stab at us to why you think that's, act- is it just like another virtue signal like to say hey we can accept everyone another another like fitness business it is it's like saying like we have we have uh yoga classes
1: you know what i mean well i think it is right it's just it's just relevant to current times right it's just like you yeah. you either say you are or you aren't yeah so it's well. nothing more than that it's simply that right yeah. i don't think and nothing has changed here it's just like you if you don't come out and say you are for everyone then you are inadvertently saying that you might not be
0: yeah ouch
1: and that that's where i that's where it would be now right it's like everyone has to have that inclusive like this the badge on their website that says we're inclusive that we're we're an open Mm -hmm. to everyone gym. or right now it is by being silent someone may perceive that is that you're not inviting them
0: yeah so what i'm perceiving is is true Mm -hmm. yeah um well that leaves a lot of people in a conundrum because I'm sure there's a lot of coaches um out there who who are let's call it pro-human. And when I say pro-human I mean it in the in the extent of servicing, you know, alive humans uh for what they want to do for fitness, regardless of race and uh sexual preferences, gender preferences or uh gender identities or uh, belief, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll side note that to another topic for another time. Um, yeah. That, don't you think that would be difficult for a lot of coaches that are out there inside of systems, quote unquote, or inside of a cultural connection that says, Hey, you have to, uh, you have to say you're inclusive of all this when really deep down in their, in their heart, right. They're like, but I am, I really don't care. Well, I say you, know. you
1: don't have to, right. And I see, I think that's like, you'll see the people that are doing it and you smell it right i'm going to give a it's a simple example soul cycle right or every every big um group that now has to do a gay pride like merch capsule yeah. right we smell yeah. that now that seems yeah. inauthentic to a lot of people because they know what's actually going on inside some of these companies right like mm-hmm. is that really true of them versus if you truly just are open to all people it's going to show through your culture it's going to show when people walk in and they see a diverse you know population of people yeah. Um, but often from new clients, like, wow, I come in, it just seems like such a diverse population of people in here. We have young people, we have old people, we have all different people doing all kinds of fitness. And it's because that's what includes that to me is inclusive. It's just yeah. having space where everyone can feel comfortable being in here, you know, but I'd say a polar, a, a different flip of that would also be um, when CrossFit was going through everything it was going through. Uh, there was an interview with, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was a games athlete, a black athlete that was like, I go to this gym because at the end of the day, I want to listen to the music I want to listen to and hang out with people I want to hang out with. And that I don't a, want.
0: To- was that Elizabeth Akamali? That's who it was.
1: It was Elizabeth, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't want to go listen to country music and be surrounded by white people to decompress at the end of the day. So I go to where I feel comfortable and where I want to be, Uh huh. you know? So I think that's also authentic too, is people are going to go where they want to go.
0: Mm. So you think at the end of the day it'll flush itself out for oh,
1: yeah. there are people that don't go to Equinox because that's just not their jam their vibe, their jam, yeah. you know, not everyone yeah. wants a eucalyptus towel handed to them
0: yeah. at the end of the day. Or pay that amount of money for that Pay that. yeah. 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 I just wanted to clear the ear on that. Um, which I also took a side note. I'm not sure where that fits in for fitness and relations, but uh uh the side note uh on um yeah, your, your last comment there on choice and preference of gyms relative to where you fit in. I think that's down the line, maybe a thing we can talk about for perception and, and et cetera. But um, how about the uh, language that you use for, um, you know, for the individuals that this particular topic doesn't really matter to a lot, you know, Um, how much of the conversation is inside like, like, a like, a if you get into a quote unquote, uh, a good conversation with a client, because it is, it's a thing today, right. It's in the politics and media. It's a, you know, on that, you know, um, do you sit in the, uh, the language that I, I, uh, hijacked from evolutionary biology of, um, uh, the sex and gender language, um, the hardware software and the, uh, the you know asking the question like who wants you to use this language you know do you, do you ever get into that with uh with clients that's kind of like a me just me just starting the conversation on this sex versus gender actual differences in in language you know any uh any stories to share or, th- or thoughts on that
1: i'm trying to think of a good story for that one
0: or have you do you remember uh have you had that conversation where people are like yeah why is that? Why is everyone calling it that? Or, or we you know, we why is it important that we that I'm discussing it with you, Melissa, like, I can just imagine a client standing in front of you being like, Oh, it's really important. And then you and them after your conversation is like, it's actually not that important. But who is who is telling you that it is important? That's, that's, that's the thing that always irks me is like, people are, are not willing to ask the question, who created this narrative? That this is extremely important in your in your day to day conversations with individuals, right? Uh, that's where I. But I'm also I'm also uh, sympathetic to the energy that that people have with that, uh, which is a, is a separate conversation of this. But I'll just stop there because when you become a parent and when that is being you know let's call it promulgated or educated or indoctrinated, now I've got now I do have some questions, right? It's not just like this free flowing. Oh, it's just this big power grab by this company that, that wants you to, to keep, wants to keep your attention. So you have to stay in the system and talk about this sex, gender, sex, gender, you know, <laughs> you just got to be a part of it. I'm, sorry. I mean, I'm,
1: I'm happy to think that I think a lot of people are starting to see that. I, I don't know, at least for like a lot of the, the clients inside of our gym, they're just like, they're over it. Like, why does this matter? Right? Like, why does it matter that my, that my kid wants to wear a pink shirt? And I don't really care. Like, you know, like, or like, right some of those things that are just hearing so much is I think a lot of people are just getting tired of it. Okay. Good. Why does it matter that my kids, you know, like, (laughs) um, and I'd say it's different too. I'd say there are like, you know, not to generalize, but at least in our gym and our culture, the 30 year old doesn't care. They don't care. Right. Like they don't really care to engage with the conversation. They're like, what? It doesn't matter. I'm here to like work out. It's sometimes my older clients that are like, I take like my 40 to 50 year old mom. That's like very uh, have you heard this? Are you like worried about those topics? Um, and I'm not sure where that comes from. Maybe it's a different a consumption of information and what they're hearing regularly. Or I don't, I'm not sure there, but um, there's less, I guess there's less fear. in a lot of my like 20 and 30 year olds, they're not scared of like, you know the grooming issue or things like that, or like okay. I don't know, yeah. it seems silly to them. Well, that's
0: good. I'll use, I'll just use the uh, your your example of your ecosystem as like a refreshing. Uh, I hope that's the case. Um, I do
1: I'll, try to open these conversations. I'm the first yeah. one that we're on the, the floor, and I'm like, so what for do we sure. think about this today?
0: Yeah, like, yeah, happening? for sure. No, but I'm I'm happy you say that because I I would hope that coaches actually are are developing their own minds and their own their own ideas on stuff and you got to remember like i've always said this i've learned so much about how to live a great life by my clients my clients have allowed me to, to develop this wonderful opportunity for how to live the greatest life possible i always say that right but but how did i get to that recognition i just had conversation with them you know so i th- i i would i would take melissa's words there that seemed simple and soft but were very powerful have the conversations you know you may learn something maybe you may for example you may be extreme in one particular view right and say like it's even too it's too uncomfortable for you to even talk about homosexuality because in your mind which some people actually do believe in your mind it's going to ruin the entire nuclear family concept in america like the, some people actually do believe that so it's possible that you know Um, some coach may believe that, you know, you do have to stretch, right. And you do have to talk to some, maybe you have a client in front of you who has gone through a story, right. Who is like, listen, I once thought this, and then, you know, and I could share so many of them that changed my mind on so many different topics when it gets really personal on something, right? Like this person changed my mind only because to you, what you just said, Melissa, I hope people heard that. Just have conversations on what's going on out there, right? Um, we're inside of OPEX HQ. We're starting to like be brave enough ourselves to have those conversations in a let's call it a nonpartisan method around politics, right? Um, inside of here, as well as on our show. But I think that's important that we at least you know you're not losing anything by at least opening up, right? And having the conversation, and you may even learn something.
1: I mean, to say that, we, you know, last week we had our conversation regarding mating, um, and so last week I had the most profound training session ever. It was me and seven men, male clients, all between the ages, I'd say, of 34 to 42, um, discussing dating at that age bracket. Um, the pressure upon them to, it being in partnerships, to have to have a child Right Because they know the biological time clock of their partners, mm. um, also the give and take of you know truly loving their professions and feeling selfish for maybe not wanting to be a father and not having a place where they can talk about those things. Mm. So it was a really cool thing to just see so many of them just open up on some very intimate conversations, because mm. where else can you talk about that? Yeah. Where else can you say, "I truly love my job?" And it scares me that I wouldn't want to give that up for a kid.
0: Yeah.
1: Or just the pressures of, again, of um. I met my partner after grad school. She's now 36 and we have a time clock of, she says, I, we need to have a kid next year. Are we rushing things? Yeah. You know? Um. So I think, that's again, if you have these, if you ask the questions, a lot of people want to talk about them. They just don't have a place where they can talk about them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And that's a signal of, um. I think, what I initially wanted to get from this show and from our relationship was giving coaches an opportunity to be confident enough to learn about themselves by asking these questions to their clients. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that puts us, quote unquote, in the place we like, which is the center. Right. It's the it's the middle. And I'm afraid of using center because everyone may connect it to politics. But we we are we whether you like it or not, um I think anyways we're not going to overcome this huge burden. I call it a burden of this you know um Brett Weinstein calls it you know an an evolutionary mismatch. I think that's the words that that he uses for it, which is really great. We have to overcome this this burden and to our point, which is what the refreshing point, the word that i 'm using today um over and over is that there is some hope on that through conversation. You know, as to how to help that the burden, just to pick on that point again and, and stop me um, if you need to hit on something there. I just wrote it down as these characteristic uh, male, female things that are that are deeply embedded, i.e., uh, hunting, uh, gathering and then sexual reproduction in my hands are on one side. You know, well, my hunting is on one side, gathering on the other side, g- gathering and foraging you know, hunting on one side and then sexual reproduction, these are not these are not whether you like it or not. These are not the mainstays of our lives today. Right. and, And here here we have the tension, the burden, the the thing right to your point, that 38 year old, you know, who knows right. Regardless, listen, I'm 38 and you're 41 as a female opposing. Right. All these things are in play here right? Which is what, what I call biological constraints. The truth is that she cannot, right? uh, Let's call it, use words that are, that are okay. Naturally produce a child when she's 50, she can't, right? So, and, and I I don't, it's not that I want to discount a conversation of adoption, in vitro fertilization, or technological things, nuances today that are possible. I don't, you know, it's just a separate thing for another time, but naturally it can't be done, so this is that, again, this tension that we're up against um, in order to do that, to have people, you know, to be healthy.
1: And I think on the, that part, too, it's, um, you know, just energy expenditure. And uh, if you haven't been around a child, you don't know the energy expenditure of a newborn. Uh, right. So, again, say you are a 37 seven-year-old female and a 41-year-old year male, and uh, you don't have any friends that have kids. You also offer a, A lot of those conversations i'm having is those people don't realize how much energy a child takes right it's tiring it's tiring to lose your sleep with a newborn um and if you haven't you don't have many friends that are going through that because not as many people are in your circle are having kids um it's a very rude awakening to 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 tell someone that yeah you're not going to sleep for the next two three years the way you do today
0: (laughs) you just uh, started another like subset podcast that that's something that we could do um i probably have to do it with leanne but i think you and i should tackle it um uh which is a, is another topic parenting relations and energy yeah right because we do uh, fitness professionals do have a part to play in that and i'm just happy that it sits underneath our our uh, podcast uh you know concepts of things that we wanted to discuss so yeah the back of the
1: Back to the language part of it where I brought yeah. it up today was more just going into the fitness realm of when we're trying to help people become healthier individuals. And it's now become labeled, you know, a female thing to do certain tasks. And those mm-hmm. are considered to be, again, are we going too far away from what is health, right? Cooking yeah. is, a, is a skill that everyone should have. And that shouldn't yeah. be labeled now a domestic home chore, yeah. which means... It's a lesser than thing to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Or home hygiene, right? When it comes to making sure that we're having a clean home where we're actually, you know, making sure there's not dust and mold in our house and we're cleaning our refrigerator, that it's not a negative or a female job to make sure that your house is clean. Uh, because these are actually a lot of the conversations we I have with a lot of new clients is what does home hygiene look like? Right? And for some, it may be, again, a working woman might not want to do those tasks at all because now that's a domestic home chore. And that's like um, something we've now said is not good. Or mm. we've very polarized, I think, from a conservative and a woke or liberal view of like um, home duties and things like that. And now no one wants to do them. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, you so you're, you're raising there again um, the stereotypical sex language. Yes. Right. Yeah, and uh, in that particular case, the overcorrection of actually doing things that everyone in the room agrees upon should be done, um, and not to offer an answer to that, but there there is a simple answer. It's called teamwork, and mm-hmm. it's called delegation. That you know, it's a you know when you get into that. And I'm, I'm I'm not necessarily answering the question to it because I know it's a it's a big one for those individuals for that. But no, you have to start focusing back then on like. How are we going to make the whole ship run? Meaning you, your partner, and your future children, even if you don't have children, your future children, how are you going to do that? Well, there has to be communication. There has to be uh jobs and roles regardless, right? With a clean slate of like, well, who should do that? And just to give you the truth, in a lot of relationships, no one gives a shit about that. Because when the family occurs or the home and the dog and the and the business and trying to gain a life, they actually start contending with these things that are like, I really don't care, honestly, you know, how everyone else may perceive it as a sex characteristic, you know, uh, duty, let's say. Um, I'll just, you know, for I'll give my example. I cook uh, five, 16. So at tw- I cook 16 to 17 out of 21 of all the meals, full preparation, and it goes like to the plate in the mouth of of my children and my wife, right? So just use that as one example, right? Uh, well, what do you, what's a sexual characteristic, you know, stereotype of who prepares meals, right? It's female, like whether we like it or not, it's females, right? Now, again, this comes back to that, like, does that really matter to my family though? It doesn't, it doesn't. Why? Because it's a teamwork approach in order to get the job done and it's delegating of tasks to make sure that everyone is in on how everyone can be vital and healthy as possible. So I'm not sure if you.
1: No, that's that's uh, exactly it, right? Like I do. Josh primarily does our cooking based off just our schedules. I run the business. He has no desire to run the business. Everyone. The question is, when is he going to co-run with me, right? Versus mm-hmm. coach me. He likes to coach. I run the business. I do the laundry because of the days and the times that I'm home in the house. It makes sense for me to do our laundry, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't mean that like I am less of an independent woman because I do our family's laundry. It's a it's a division of tasks that need to be done in our household and what logically makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually do enjoy folding. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I actually do. Right. And that's like, it's silly, but yes, for me, it's very therapeutic to fold some towels at the end of the day. Cause it's calming for me. Yeah. I don't think that makes me any less of an independent person. And that's what yeah. I'm saying right from a parenting perspective or just a gender language. I think some people aren't even teaching their kids to cook because that may be like, you're not as independent of a female, right. If you're cooking for your partner. Yeah. Or you're learning to do those things or learning to do laundry. Yeah. It's like, how will are your clothes getting clean? You know, um, that's where I'd say, like, just the where we can be going a little far. When I, what I, what I see on a daily basis with, with clients, it's no one's even learning these simple domestic tasks anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, that's and that's when the point you really wanted to raise on. with regards to the sex stereotypic language. Yeah. Or basically saying here as a principle is that stop creating these Umbrella characteristics of those things.
1: Ec, right? When you when you were
0: oh my in, gosh,
1: what did you learn how to do in Homet? <laughs>
0: that's, that's one of my Build Again, a shirt, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know. That's been dissolved my own clothes. That's you know? been dissolved
1: from school. So I want to ask you, like, right? What did you learn in yeah. your in your class? Right? Because that was gender fluid. Everyone learned to do those things.
0: Yeah, uh, I learned how to make my own sled. Right? I built my own ski sled right? And if anyone knows what a good sled made of wood is like, it's a really tough task to do. And it took me eight months basically to complete it in uh, in shop. It was called shop class, right? I learned how to make my own t-shirt that I wore out and threw up on it and had all kinds of alcohol spill over on it in my <laughs> grade 12 years. Um, <laughs> it kind of just adds some flavor to the story. And look what it did for my week, right? My current week, I'm 48. I have two girls and a wonderful wife, and I know how to provide uh, a very efficient model of fueling my children with the best possible, right? So where did that end up for me? It's got nothing to do with sex series to characteristics, right? Either side, whatever you want to go on. I could have added a couple of other things to that that would lean more towards something that would be an unusual sexual characteristic, stereotypical thing that I learned as a skill. Um, So yeah, anyways, if you're, if you're asking for me for that, for a particular example, uh, you just, you just, you know, brought it to center, right? That it actually inside the home and what we're trying to teach for fitness individuals, just get rid of that, get rid of those whole concepts of it. It's got, it doesn't matter, but what does matter is communication, right? On teamwork. And what's going to win for the entire team, you know, uh, I think where it does get a little bit stressful, I could just hear the, uh, you know, a, a tougher, good, positive retort, like with well-intentioned retort that said, yeah, but, you know, uh, the, let's just use the example in this particular uh, example, the male is, is doing nine hours uh, of intense, whatever mental things they do for the vacation away mm-hmm. from the home. Right. So now now we're now you're into like, well, you know, who's responsible for this if the actual energy and resort. And that's why I want to push this to the parenting relations energy area, because yeah. there's so much inside that. But anyways, I could just hear that that argument based upon sex and and uh, and gender. Um, but
1: I'd say that the fear of that, right, is then we don't teach boys how to do because we don't want to over masculinize them. Like we don't teach them how to how to build a sled. And then what happens to the family that needs like hang something on the wall and no one knows how
0: to use the yeah. hammer? Because Again, he said it's too scary. Oh, the to, fear of the overcorrection. The
1: fear of having him, yep. the fear of overcorrection can go on both swings, both sides there in a, in a relationship.
0: <laughs> well, just to make me feel a little bit better, though, I think that fitness coaches, correct me if I'm wrong um, in your perspective, but I think fitness coaches – do have the confidence and the competence to be able to have some of these tougher conversations with individuals who may think that way though. I think we can, you know, I think we can, uh, by saying things like, yeah, you know what? No one actually cares, uh, what you perceive of your son building a sled. No one actually cares. Right. So, uh, just be, just be cautious of being like, Oh my gosh, I want to be careful. It's not an overcorrection towards hypermasculinity. Yeah. Not sure if you think the same thing, but (laughs) Um, okay. I got my question out for business. I wanted to also, any thoughts on, have you uh, delved into some of the future, possibly some of the future issues that we'll get into on the sex and gender language as it applies to fitness and consulting, right? In these conversations, when we have an increased technological advancement of diagnostics of things like. CRISPR, uh, gene editing. Um, and this will save the, uh, fertilized egg age, uh, diagnostics and the whole conversation on, you know, life, what is life, what is conscious, what is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We'll save that for another time for reproductive health, but any thoughts on that as to how that's going to tie in over time? Um, or is there, is there anything there that's worth, worth touching upon?
1: to me, it's going to be how rapid is that technology available and who's it available to financially, mm. right? Is this something that everyone is going to have access to? Is it really just going to be the upper middle class that can utilize these things? Mm. And then that just brings it back me, to me in perspective of like how many coaches will deal with this? Yeah. Depending on the populations you work with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that, Because, as I mentioned earlier, the hunting and gathering and sexual reproduction is not as important today. We are on a base support of being in a digital world. We don't have to move to be healthy. We choose to and we got ideas how to do it. I think with those things present, I think that the future holds a tremendous amount of fear and trepidation on behalf of the people as to what you're going to what you're going to what you're going to come up with when you start creating increased technology and diagnostics around people's perception of their gender, people's perceptions of their gender prior to them coming out into the universe. I think that's going to uncover I'm just, I'm just positing a hypothesis on it that, you know, I think it's uh you know what I'm saying? I'm not sure if you're picking up what I'm throwing yeah. down there. There's still a huge nature nurture debate, right. On how yeah. that occurs in, in, and then the people that, are not willing to keep going and get conversation like, listen, there's a penis and there's a vagina and there's nothing else. Well, that, that is true again. But remember what I said, my pre, my presupposition is that that doesn't matter as much anymore, right? It doesn't matter as much anymore, right? To everyone who's like, Oh my God, how are we going to increase, you know, people in society? It's going to happen anyways. (laughs) It's going to happen. You know, what, what's your, what's your fears, you know? Um, so I'm just, uh, I'm not sure if you had any mullings or it's only been in my head and it's uh, its too off topic for the sex gender conversation.
1: Let me chew on that one. Cause I feel like, we'll, okay. that, I feel like that'll connect. Anyways, that I'll topic. repeat
0: it. I think there's a huge amount of trepidation as to what we're going to discover um, when those diagnostic tools become extremely sensitive to, I mean, I'll just, I'll just throw it out there as something that is not, it's not probably, actually it probably is knowing how science is kind of more dark room for the deeper stuff that really is moving and shaking. Um, You know, maybe there'll be specific genes that show in a larger percentage as to what we believe that people will have changes in perceptions of their, of their sexual uh, identification. Right. So, so how are you going to work back against that one when it's hardwired? You see that? I think, I think that's where the trepidation trepidation lies. Um, and I'm still not saying that that may not still end up right in like still being 88% or 95% of the population, you know, still penis, vagina, this is how it works. I'm not saying that still won't come together, but what happens when diagnostics change, you know, and all of a sudden these individuals that are born look out into the future and go, it's actually not super important that I'm identifying as a male or female. Do you see that? Um, of course, this is still going to land us on a, a big challenge, uh, back to your previous point on the younger avatar we came up with, right? Remember like, okay, you're 12, you let's with gene editing, you know, accomplishments you knew when you were like three weeks old and your parents knew, Hey, they're going to perceive themselves as different to the sex that they were born with. Right. You still are up against this biological issue, which is. Um, all the medication and all the changes that you're going to have to work against for seven, you see this, I see you take a pause there for 70 years of your life. You got to work against that. You see, what I'm saying you're still up against the old penis and vagina conversation. You know, it's like, anyways, maybe, I'm maybe I'm out in left field on that one for diagnostics. Maybe actually it'll turn the opposite.
1: I, I'm that's my hope. I'm hoping that again throughout this wave we're seeing you know again um the next seventy years of what that looks like for those people. I think as we see more and more of that happen for those who are going through early sex change um what is the long term damage that can come along with that and I just think we're just it's just too new for people we're to really.
0: Yeah. We're early in that.
1: Yeah. We haven't even seen the repercussions yet, or it hasn't come. Like there aren't enough stories of it. Um, There are enough people again speaking out about what it's looked like even being five, 10 years into it Um, and the mental health and the amount of medication that comes with that. Yeah. Uh, Now, again, my clients are great thriving people, but it has not come without a lot of sacrifice as well, but they're still going.
0: Yeah. Um, I think if I could, uh, you know, without your approval. So I apologize, but the uh, um, uh, the the podcast is called Co- Conversations, uh, C A L M Versations. If that makes sense, Con- it's not conversations; it's conversations. Anyways, with Benjamin, uh, I forget his last name. Um, he has uh, a plethora of conversations with your point, really that it's too early to tell, but he has equal representation from individuals who, let's call it, are uh, really pro-acceptance uh, you know uh, acceptance and safety of medicated, medicated versions to quote-unquote define a definition of health for someone for the rest of their life if they make that decision. And he just as much though, so, uncomfortably, and these are definitely more harrowing stories of people that are trying to, I think the language would be detransition. And all the, you know, mental and physical pain they have to go with, with the opposite. So I would ask our listeners to just go there and get the, you know, get both sides of the fence on that. Uh, Because to your point, um, I'm just repeating it at length. (laughs) We're too early, really, to make a make a consensus on. Let's call it the the depth of outcomes for what's going to happen uh, for that. It's too early to tell. I mean, our my logical mind would just say, I know the turmoil that goes through individuals, for example, with a an acute injury, right? I I know biologically what happens to people with an acute injury. Like, let's let's use a, a an amoral situation of a slipped disc, and now someone has to get a spinal fusion, yeah. right? So I call that immoral because who, who fucking cares? Well, you know, this person may not feel a portion of their leg for the rest of their life. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you knew that that activity was going to result in that, <laughs> that physical pain for 60 years of your life and a loss of function, would you partake in that physical activity? Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, it's like this, uh, yeah, a big challenge that may, that that, that, that may come from that.
1: Yeah, So well, hopefully we'll have a next generation of people that just allow curiosity to exist where we can play and be curious without having to do change so rapidly, so quickly, right? Yeah. Places yeah. we create, See, where people can come in and explore and be curious about their fitness and their bodies and learn about them. Um, maybe we wouldn't be so quick to change them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the the words I had down "Quote unquote," present as versus prefer to be. You know, I think present as allows this openness of free speech and thought and curiosity, right? Which is good. But I like your point. The dot dot dot. What happens when it becomes physical? Right. And and that's where and and you know to what we discussed here, which I think is important for coaches to hear. We are in a physical universe when we're in fitness. And you have to take into consideration the brain development process and the complexity in the understanding of language. What I mean by that is that a 13-year-old may not know, right? They actually may not know at that age, right? And so if you want to make it more extreme, a 9-year-old may not know. Mm -hmm. So if the 9-year-old doesn't have adults in the room or people in society or school or et cetera, that tells them, listen, you know, this is the natural Brain developmental process. Will you you will understand these abstract complex things though? When you're 27, you cannot understand that today. Now here's here's I think where you and I sit. We're open to the conversation about to the family and et cetera, et cetera. But we want to be hesitant on the physical changes that could be uh, warranted or occur to that particular situation. And again, as fitness coaches, we just want to talk about it.
1: It's what we know to be true. Yeah. You are not going to be mentally fully developed until you are almost 26 to 20, for most, right? That yeah. is simply what we know. Yeah. And I think we're ignoring those simple things with this, with this current age population, that a 9- and 13-year-old is fully developed mentally enough to know yeah. what you're doing, yeah. doing that's going to impact the rest of their life.
0: Think about, well, you use your example. You know, um, without uh, aging, you know, creating your age uh, so everyone can know uh, exactly how you stay so youthful in your complexion. Um, (laughs) It's an inside joke based on our previous conversation today. Um, Think about you trying to have that conversation with those 38 to 42 year old males, the seven, 25 years ago. That, that brings it into, you see, I'm saying it's a giggle, but that brings it into, into reality, right? Is that Melissa at, her, at uh, her teenage years, it was not possible for her to understand the complexity in that language to those people today. So that's, that's where we now start drawing lines, right? Yeah, it's an adult. We need responsible adults to use the correct language use sex when you're con- when you're conferring to the binary use gender as the software underneath that hardware as being intertwined there are some characteristics of sex male and female that do in percentages on a bell curve there's some differences but you have to back up and say what language am i using here am i using sex am i using gender and know when you're going to get into trouble there as an adult for who you're speaking to. That's, I think, is the, I'm just voicing it, what my takeaway is for this, for language uh, for today.
1: That's a perfect wrap-up.
0: Super. Uh, we have nothing to share with regards to um, the Resource. upcoming episodes, but I appreciate uh, your um, input today, Uh you know, indirectly, Melissa, because parenting and relations and energy and reproductive health gives us a great runway for future episodes that we could promise we're going to get into inside of uh, fitness and relations. So uh, thank you for that. Any takeaways from today?
1: I think no, I think you just wrapped it up perfectly on uh, the responsibility of adults in utilizing language.
0: And coaches being an adult just, to assume and, right? and I think have those really conversations. today was
1: if anything, you know, um some really great talking or topics to come back into gym settings to have with clients. Right. Utilizing our spaces to have these types of conversations. And and feeling confident that you can have them.
0: Yeah. I think
1: that was a big one too, is not yeah. the fear of being canceled as a coach because yeah. you bring up these topics.
0: Yeah. Uh, if there's any personal takeaway I'd like to get uh, or sorry, people to take away from is remember my point that you want to uh, be patient and remember that there is a human out there that needs you to have this conversation with an open mind. Uh, And don't be that coach who is not that way. That's what I want people to take away is that, it doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve fitness to think that deep down that you're gonna be constrained in your in your opinions regardless of what you think without taking the steps to being open to have because I'm telling you, I know they're out there. they need the fitness coach. Uh, you know how much I like to jump on top of how the fitness coach I think is like one of the big centerpieces of communities and society. and this is one of the reasons why. Uh, because I think that we have the tools of that opportunity for conversation in an unbelievable place, right? <laughs> to do physical <laughs> expression, right? Um, so be that coach. If that's what I want co- coaches to be the takeaway, have the challenging conversations, be open and, uh, and you're going to help more people.